With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, October 17th, and we are here to help you make better financial decisions, to provide you with unconventional and hopefully entertaining insights on your money and your life. I'm your host, Jill Schlesinger, and I'm a CBS News business analyst and a certified financial planner. And Mark Talercio is the executive producer, the guy running everything from behind the scenes. If you have a financial question, all you need to do is go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Right now, let's talk to Matt, who's on the line from Pennsylvania. What brings you to us? Actually, I should say what brings you back to us because you've been on the program before, right? Yes, I have. And I think what uh, brings me back is just in general, I think last time I called, I have, uh, I kind of track my assets once a year, twice a year, whatever. And just in general, it hasn't changed much. I think I called you right before the war broke out in Russia and then everything went down and then came back, but things have kind of been stagnant. So I'm just kind of questioning uh, life a little bit and uh, wanting to see how we're doing and and just kind of... uh, you know, make sure I'm thinking about things right in the big picture. I only like, why are you laughing, Mark, already? <laughs> because he just seems disappointed that there hasn't been much of change. Right. I'm so sorry. We had the, like the worst year for financial markets in 2022 and inflation and colossal shifts in global uh, trends. And uh, you're just holding steady. That That's a win, man. That's a freaking win. Good for you. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I'm calling just to make sure everything's okay. Oh, my God. Another worry wart. You guys got to figure out something else to worry about. Your money is just not that all that interesting. Matt, how old are you? I am 48. And are you married, single, partnered? I am married and we have three uh, kiddos between college, uh, high school and, and later middle school. And um, do uh, both you guys work? Yes, uh, we both work, uh, gainfully employed, and uh, hope to keep doing that for you know six, seven, eight more years. Hmm. Okay. I, I, that, that only puts you in your fifties. I hope you have big fat pensions. So how much money do you guys earn? Uh, we make about a uh, 350,000 base, uh, a year. Maybe, maybe it goes up or down a little bit. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers on us, but maybe 360, three, 350, something like that. Okay. 
are you both contributing to retirement accounts? Yes, we both uh, max those out. We do a pretty good job of that. And, you know, sometimes it's a little tight doing that, but we do it uh, completely. And then I think I have a, a little bit of a better plan where I can do a backdoor Roth within that 401k. So I've been doing that ever since it was allowed. So you're doing the 22.5 plus the backdoor Roth. Right, right. Okay, got it. And how much money have you accumulated? Let's, let's just do the pre-tax or the traditional uh, assets. Yeah, pre-tax would be on the, in the traditional 401k would be about uh, $2.4, $2.5 million. And, um, and, a, and then a brokerage account, we have about uh, $1.1, $1.2 million. And what about the Roth? Uh, Roth is probably getting close to a million, but depends what day you might look at it. I could see why you're so upset. This sounds terrible. She says dripping with sarcasm. Okay. So just to recount this, by the way, Mark, what is the likelihood that we get hate mail on this call? It's common. Trust me. I know it. I know it. But you know, uh, hey, if everybody, you want to just like kind of change your mindset, just take lop zero off of everything. It'll be easier for you to hear the rest of this conversation. Are you cash flowing college or do you have 529 accounts? We do have 529 accounts. Uh, you know, hope, hopefully uh, we got enough there. We got uh, quite a bit saved up, but then it also depends what they do. But it's probably about $750,000 for the three kiddos, which is a lot. So we're throttling that back. Uh, that was kind of the plan to uh, to save aggressively and then step it back once they actually get to college. So you're no longer putting money into 529s? Uh, we do a little bit still for the younger one, just in case Why? we go on to uh, medical school or something like that. So we have a little bit of- um, Oh my God, you're crazy. Don't do that. All right, do it if you want. I don't care. Um, house? Uh, we do have a home, uh, just a modest home, uh, maybe 300, 325K. Don't really know. Haven't really looked since we purchased it about 20 years ago. And uh, no mortgage or mortgage? Oh, uh, no mortgage. Yeah, you, you got it. No mortgage. How did you? How did I guess? How about how about cash on hand? Uh, we don't do really great there because we tend to just think of our brokerage account. Yeah. Um, you know, if we needed an emergency, but for the most part, you know, we just pay for things with our paychecks or whatever the case may be. What's the stress level here, man? Uh, how much money do you spend? Let's be clear. You, I, I know you don't spend a lot of money. What do yeah, you? I really don't know how much we spend. Like we just spend what what we need to. Um, you know, we, we tend not to live too lavish of lives as you could probably guess, because we say a lot. And I think that's part of my concern is just that, you know, we've put so much time building this thing up, just want to make sure nothing's going to burst the bubble. And then all this hard work for 20, 25 years kind of. How do you see that bubble being burst? What could you, let's think Mark, what could they do to screw this up? I I don't think they can do anything to screw it up, but I, I hope they're actually kind of, you know, enjoying themselves a little bit and not just saving, you know, and, and depriving themselves elsewhere. Do you think you live on like maybe 12 grand a month? I bet they even spend less than that. You no, know, I think it's probably about right when we consider just paying for kids, um, you know, high school and, and middle school and stuff like that. That's probably about right. Probably. Are they in private school? They, they are, yeah. Okay. So if I, even if I just think about generating 12 grand a month, you'll both be entitled to social security, right? Yes. Do either of you have pensions? I don't think so. I don't remember. Uh, we, yeah, we do have pensions. Uh, maybe maybe a total of like eight thousand bucks a month. But uh, you know, really tough. Okay, to- honestly, I'm going to smack you right now. I am because you're in such good shape. You both have pensions. You will be entitled to eight thousand dollars a month. You'll have social security, and you spend twelve grand a month now. And in the future, you're not going to have to pay for private school. So hopefully, what's going to end up happening is that you know, you'll end up actually having extra cash flow. It's all mental. It's all mental. This is all mental. Is it? This is okay. too co- th- yes. 
Yes, yes, of course. I think, I, mean, I, I think I've just been programmed so hard and keeping the head down for so long, focusing on trying to save up. And then now just starting to realize, oh, I don't want to make sure anything can go off the rails here. You know, I mean, look, life can go off the rails. That's surely something that could happen. I don't think your money can go off the rails. I really don't. Is there any other, is there any other thing that could go wrong? Do you have aging parents that you have to take care of? Uh, we have aging parents, but uh, no, we don't have to take care of them now. And, and, well, we would think they would be okay. Mark, I don't know. I feel like, the, what can I do to make you feel better, Matt? All right. I, I have a couple questions then. So just in, it. General, Fire it off. in general, uh, first question is like every 10 years, should I think about this right? That every 10 years, the money should double. Is that kind of like a conservative approach? Do you think? I mean, yes and no, What? whatever, who cares? But what's the issue? Like, are you looking like, okay, 10 years, what do you, what are we trying? What's our, what are we solving for? Yeah. So if, if, well, you know, once the kids get to college and we kind of think of like, okay, we got to the finish line, so to speak, and we yep. do try to enjoy ourselves throughout life. But if we get to the end, then I'm just trying to also figure out uh, within these buckets of money, like what's the best way to drain it? And, mm. uh, you know, like from the pre-tax bucket, if we were to buy like a second home, which, you know, then we would buy a second home, which would be, you know, really lavish compared to how we live today. If we were to spend a lot of money on a second home or, and upgrade things like that, what's the best approach to take that money out? You know, should we should we hit the 401k, the traditional 401k kind of aggressively and try to take it out of there? Should we do the Roth? Should we do brokerage? What's the, what's the best way to get rid of it? I can see big problems with uh, decumulation here. Yeah, this is a funny thing. Like, you, First of all, uh, the, your bigger problem is you're not going to give yourself permission to do this. But if you were, you know, if you come back to us in three, four, five years, let's say it's like five years from now, and you're like, okay, I'm 53. I see like, I don't know, maybe you want to do something else. Maybe you just want to wait. Your middle school kid is how old? Uh, he's 12. Now we got about six more years before. All right. So, but let's say it's like 10 years. You work for 10 more years just because you want to get everyone through school. Cause that's the way you roll. Cause you're going to be like, well, what if they want to be, uh, you know, a, a, an MD PhD and also get a law degree? I know that's how you're going to think about this. You never know. Right. So now you're in your late fifties. The issue that you have is that, you know, you've got a lot of money in pre-tax accounts. Okay. And I know you make a lot of money, but um, ideally, what we would say to you is at the moment that you decide to either throttle back or just to stop working, you would first draw your money out of that pre-tax account, right? Because you have until age 75 until you have required minimum distributions, but we'd love to take that pre-tax money out slowly but surely over, you know, from age 58 to 75, you're taking them and probably it's really more like 58 to 70. That's the fund you should be looking at depending on wherever our tax rates are at the time. And I know we don't know that, but let's, let's pretend we're where we are today. The reason this is important is when you are forced to take the money out of your retirement account, it could happen at a time where tax rates are higher and you have a liability. I'd love it for you to be focusing on that retirement account as your funds that fund your fun. Ha ha. I like that. I was trying to do something clever. I think I did it. You would pay the tax at whatever the rate is at the time. And then you would be able to live on that money. So you're, you know, again, you're going to pull out to get 12 grand a month. You live in a high tax state. Pennsylvania is not like a cheap state tax wise, but you would pay your federal and your state taxes 
and you would live on your 10 or $12,000 a month. So maybe you'd have to pull out, let's say in today's dollars, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars from that account every year. Maybe it's even more. Maybe it's like 250. Okay. You would pay the tax that's due. You'd spend the money. You'd be fine. If you wanted to make a big purchase, I think that that's a little bit of um, a, a trickier question because would we be willing to take a lot of money out of that retirement account, pop us into a higher tax bracket for a year? Maybe it's like you do it, you say, oh, I'll take $300,000 out at the end of one year, $300,000 out at the beginning of the next year, and now I have the money that I need for a house. I don't know what that next house would cost. And it, this would also be predicated on where rates are at the time. Maybe having a low interest rate loan would be very good for you. I don't think we should be afraid of this scenario because you will still have money in the um, non-retirement account. I mean, do you have a choice of putting money into a Roth 401k right now? I, uh, I actually, Jill, I do that. I, maybe I misled you a little bit, but in the beginning, my plan allows for a Roth 401k and that's what I put into. And I think okay. I, do, I do the max 66 or, or 60, whatever the number is. This yep. Year. Okay. Um, so I just, I don't know, like I want to get that pre-tax account whittled down. And if you could do that, then how much would the new house cost, do you think? I have no idea, but uh, it, let's just say we spend a million bucks. Maybe we get a second home. Maybe we upgrade our primary residence, something like that. But let's just say it's a million bucks. I mean, you can do it. You could do it sooner rather than later, of course. I would rather wait till you have low interest rates. But yeah, I don't see a problem with this plan. I think it will be a minor miracle if somehow or other you allow yourself, you give yourself permission to do it. Oh, don't say that. That can't be true. <laughs> I, Mark, what do you think? 100%. It's going to be a real hurdle for him. He's so used to say he's been saving like a maniac for years and years and years. Now all of a sudden he's going to stop that and start spending. I'm going to be surprised if it happens. Me too. But anyway, we wish you the best of luck and we are so glad that you called us. Do you have any other questions? Well, I have a bonus. I have a bonus question for you. Okay. Uh, and that's a, this is maybe a simple one. And it just, when they say like in general, Hey, when you retire, you should be at 80% of your income. What do they mean? Like after tax? Let me tell you what they mean. They mean it's baloney. 80% of your gross is what they used to say, but it has nothing to do with any reality because we see it right here. You don't spend 80% of your income. You know, you save so much money. So for you, it's much better. And for everyone else listening, those rules of thumb, they stink. The way to think about it is how much money do I spend now? Do I expect my spending to be the same, more or less in the future? And for most people, it's the same because all the money you're like, oh, I won't have money to spend on my kids or I won't put twenty-two-five dollars or $30,000 in my retirement account. I say, well, you know what? You'll need it for health or other stuff will come up. And it's just easier to say, what do you spend today? Let's count on that in the future. Okay, thanks. I'm very happy about this. I really am. I'm happy because I feel like you really do have a, we have a game plan. It's great. I really think that for, for you guys, please, please, please give yourselves the opportunity to enjoy what you have accomplished and to not drive yourself crazy. You don't have to plan for every potential eventuality. All right. Good luck to you. We appreciate you, Matt. And if you don't send me hate mail about Matt, all right, it should, think of it this way. Matt does what we all do. Absolutely drive ourselves crazy, either for the like 
we can't let ourselves be okay with where we are, even when life is really good. And for people who don't have situations who are this good, I know that they really do feel like, what does he have to worry about? But you know what? We all worry about different things. So I get it. If you want your situation analyzed, if you need a little help, give us a shout. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Subscribe to the Jill on Money Live subscription service. Access to quarterly live webinars, more bonus content, and of course, check out all the other stuff that lives on the website, the blog, the videos, the resources, all that stuff is right there. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Lift someone up. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 